This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 19, verses 9 through 12. But when some were hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all those who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out. Paul separated the disciples from the confusion and hostile opposition of their Jewish brothers, leaving the synagogue to reason daily and teach in the school of Tyrannus. When ministering in the synagogue became ineffective and possibly even detrimental to some of the disciples faced with the opposition of these unbelieving Jews, Paul was able to adjust accordingly. Holy Spirit-led ministry requires us to be flexible. As circumstances change, as the Holy Spirit leads, we adapt accordingly. The Gentile teacher Tyrannus allowed Paul use of his teaching hall. Often when one door closes, God opens another. It's unclear whether the church in Ephesus rented the space or whether Paul was given free access. Some ancient writings indicate Paul may have been given access daily to this academic hall from 11 in the morning to about 4 in the afternoon. Often people worked in the morning and later in the day, but took a break in the heat of the day. If many people rested from the work in the heat of the day, including Paul, who was a tent maker, then these quote-unquote off hours would have been a great time to make inroads with the people through the proclamation of the truth. It's possible the off hours of the school of Tyrannus corresponded with the off hours of the outdoor laborers. It's amazing that Paul, who physically labored to support himself financially, would spend his off hours ministering the Word of God. That was his passion. That was what he chose to do with much of his spare time. Do we live for the weekends and our off hours to primarily indulge the passions of our flesh, for entertainment, hobbies, selfish and vain ambitions? How do we spend our free time? Where does Jesus land on our list of priorities? Do we yearn for and have a passion for the things of God more than the things of this world? I spoke the other day with a brother in Christ while visiting a church in Utah for ministry. He had started a food bank ministry recently as an outreach of his local church. Though he worked a job, he made this ministry a priority. There were good works God had prepared for him to walk in. It was obvious to me the food bank ministry was a passion of his and a huge priority in his life. I mean, this was how he wanted to spend his Saturdays. He loved impacting people's lives for Christ's glory. He loved connecting with the community. He loved meeting new people, serving them, building relationships with them, and inviting them to church. 
What a convicting example of zeal for Christ. I'll admit sometimes my motivation is lacking, and I find myself living for the weekends and off hours more so to indulge in leisure activities and pursue hobbies and personal passions than to pursue people for the kingdom of Christ. Lord, help us to prioritize you in our lives. Help us to keep you as our first love so that you are who we desire when we wake up and you are who we think about when we lie down at night. Make your desires our desires so that we love people more than ourselves, so that we serve your kingdom more than we serve ourselves. Help us to live for you in Jesus' name. Sure, there can be a place for leisure activities and hobbies, but let's keep it all in balance. Let's not be consumed by the things of this world. Let's be occupied with the things of Christ, like the Apostle Paul was in Ephesus. He spent two years teaching in the Hall of Tyrannus, equipping the believers until the Word of God had spread to all who dwelt in Asia. He was consistent over time and steadfast, one day at a time. He had invested hundreds of hours, no doubt, over this time span, feeding Jesus' lambs, laying up treasures in heaven rather than here on earth. If we love Jesus, we are to feed his sheep, as was ingrained, for example, into the Apostle Peter in John chapter 21. The Apostle Paul's investment into discipling Christ's sheep for an extended time in Ephesus was also vital for the health and growth of the church. Paul was equipping the saints there for the work of the ministry, as Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 12 tells us we should do. When he would eventually leave Ephesus, there would be others qualified and trained to teach, evangelize, and shepherd the flock. After all, Jesus tells us the harvest is huge, but the laborers are few. We need more laborers in the mission field for Christ. Let's keep reading in Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 11. God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out. Some translations say unusual miracles. I would say miracles in general are unique, not an everyday occurrence, right? So for Luke to describe these as special or unusual miracles must have been in his view like super rare, unique, or maybe even bizarre could be used to describe what was happening here in Ephesus. Paul was a tent maker. These handkerchiefs or aprons could have been ones Paul used as he labored making tents to wipe the sweat off his face and so on. Ephesus was a place of superstition, magic, and the occult. It may have been natural for the people there to lean into this kind of thing. Not that Paul instigated it, but somehow this happened once and people started using these items of Paul as like a point of contact or something for them with their faith regarding being healed. Maybe it was kind of like what was happening when the Apostle Peter's shadow passed over people and they were being healed back in Acts chapter 5, verse 15, where Luke records, They even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mattresses so that as Peter came by, at the least his shadow might overshadow some of them. In connection with this, maybe we can also consider the woman in Luke 8 who had a discharge of blood 
from Luke 8. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Jesus goes on to tell the woman, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. In this case, the crowds pressing in on Jesus and the woman being healed, it wasn't the fringe of the garment that had any magical powers. It was the woman's faith that healed her. It was almost as if her touching Jesus' garment was like a point of contact that helped her to release her faith to Jesus. James instructs, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And that's from James chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. Again, the oil in this instance doesn't contain any magical powers. It was the prayer of faith that heals. Maybe some in Ephesus were just superstitious and were mixing their cultural backgrounds of ancient world magic with their desire to get healed or receive a blessing from the hands of Paul. But regardless, one of the main purposes of God allowing miracles to be worked through Paul and the other apostles was to validate their authority as messengers of God and provide a platform for them to, more importantly, share the message. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. Now, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. No doubt the signs of a true apostle were also performed among those in Ephesus through Paul. the Word of God in my hands I looked into its pages and I couldn't see you I tried so hard to understand but I was struck with blindness created by man then you opened up my eyes and let me see your truth Sleep will arise and all together we will see 
everything And those asleep will arise And all together we will sing That you are everything Jesus, you are everything, everything Yeah, the deaf will hear And the blind will see That you are everything Jesus, you are everything And those asleep will arise And all together we will sing That was Deaf Will Hear from the Adams Road album Great Commission. The seed is the word of God. When your soul hits, some will fall on the path and on the rocks, in the thorns and good soil. We plant and water the seed Only God who gives the growth is anything So don't be anxious about a thing In supplication, make your request known to God Oh, and His peace beyond understanding Will guard your heart Mind in Christ Jesus, don't be anxious. Some won't understand the word, the seed the devil takes. Some believe for a while. When tried, they fall away. Some are choked by the riches of this world. Some bear fruit and yield a hundredfold. So don't be anxious about a thing. In supplication, make your request known to God. Oh, when tears peace beyond i 
That was Wait for the Lord from the Adams Road album Great Commission.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 17. Grace and peace be with you all.